Mark chapter 2. Let's pray. Father, I pray you'd guide and lead our thoughts and that you would speak to our hearts and you would show us new things out of a story that we're very familiar with, things that you want us to know. Uh, for Jesus, in Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. Uh, you know, I've equated, like last week, we were talking about leprosy. You remember the leper cleansed? One of my favorite stories. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories. You're saying, you know, they all are uh, guilty. But look, Jesus is my favorite, okay? I love Jesus. I'm just bananas not right in the head about Jesus Christ. So if you're saying, well, you're always about, yeah, guilty, guilty. And I love the things he does. I love the things he says. I love everything about him. I love the fact that he saved me. I love Jesus Christ, so I'm guilty of that. And like I say, I really like the story. Now, last week I was talking about the cleansing of the leper, and that's near and dear to my heart because I always feel very leprous in my approach to Jesus Christ, in the early days especially, and sometimes even still. You say, I think you took a little bit of liberties equating, you know, uh, leprosy with sin. Nobody said that, but maybe somebody could. Am I okay to do that? Well, Jesus does that. You're saying, well, really? Well, look at chapter 2, verse 16. When the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto the disciples, how is it that he eateth with, and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Tax collectors and sinners, okay? Just gray garden variety sinners. How can Jesus eat with them? When Jesus heard, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of physician, but they that are sick. Who's talking about sickness? Oh, Jesus is. Are they, uh, did somebody come and they got a flu? Did somebody come and they're like, you know, not whole, not 100%? They're sin sick. And Jesus makes that connection. I do it all the time. I'm going to do it again today. And I, and, uh, I think that, look, look at the, uh, chapter 3, guy with a withered hand. Isn't that like, I can't serve God. I got a withered hand. How about somebody who can't walk? I can't go where God wants me to go. What about somebody who's blind? Well, very, very often in Scripture, someone who's physically blind is symbolic of somebody who's spiritually blind. And that goes all through Scripture. It goes over and over and over. Well, Jesus makes that connection. He's saying, you know, so you can think of Jesus here at this party with the, and we'll look at that next week. Dr. Jesus, in surgery, in session, here to help. And we're not talking about sickness at all. Now, when I talk about sickness, everyone gets a little bit nervous in this. If I say that all sickness came as a result of sin, Adam's sin, and sickness entered into the world, nobody's going to argue with that. And if they did, they'd be very wrong, okay? But there is sickness that is because I did something wrong, and now I have, there's a cause and effect universe, right? And then there's sickness that has no real, okay, I smoke cigarettes my whole life, three, four packs a day, I get lung cancer and I die. Anyone, everyone knows somebody that's happened to, my sister, okay? We, we get it, that happens, it's a cause and effect universe. Sometimes people will get like HIV, from homosexual activity or from using a needle that they shared with somebody else. That happens, okay? Back to cancer. There are, I'm not, 
don't connect the dots between lung cancer and culpability because maybe it's secondhand smoke. Maybe somebody has asthma or, or, or cancer because of secondhand smoke. Though they weren't the ones sinning, but it came about because of sin. Now, there are many cancers that have no connectivity to anything like that because there's a lot of cancers that get nothing to do with, with cigarette smoke or anything like that. And there's a lot of sicknesses that have nothing to do with it's just, it just, it just the way it, it works. And the reason I'm dwelling on this is because if I say there's a cause and effect between sickness, we kind of divide it into two camps, okay? Well, they're just getting what they deserve. And I can be a right old Pharisee because, okay, somebody got AIDS. Well, they knew the risks. Yeah, I'm sad, but... And I can be very Pharisaical about that. By the way, I need you to enter into the story. You can be any character you want, but feel the feelings. Get your emotions to come to this and see how this is. So it's not just like a little, you know, kids are back there and, and they're coloring this story out maybe. Or they get, and, and that's fine, but if you're just coloring and adding color to it, add co- enter into the story because I think God can speak to this Pharisee's heart when somebody's because of what they've got themselves into but here's the thing Jesus never does that Jesus remember we started this off the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost it's the servant gospel not what did you get yourself into oh my goodness I can't <sighs> Now, sometimes he reprimands and says, don't repent. Or the worst thing's going to happen. There is that. But don't you always try to look for the guilty one. Don't me always try to look for the guilty one. And the reason I'm prefacing our remarks with this, because I think this guy, I think there is a cause and effect here. And I get that, and I, I may be totally off. And when I see this guy in glory, uh, I'll apologize to him. But there's no name here, so I'm not selling anyone's reputation. But let's read the story, and I'll tell you why I think it is the way I think it is. It's going to go the first 12 verses. Again, he entered in Capernaum. After some days it was noise that he was in the house, and straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whither is it easy to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. 
He entered into Capernaum after some days. He can't go, he can't do that easily. Verse 45 of chapter 2, of chapter 1. The guy uh, he healed of leprosy went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places. They came to him from every quarter. So now in chapter 2, he does enter into the city, the city of Capernaum, his hometown, as an adult. After some days, it was noise that he was in the house. What happens? Jesus' mania takes over. Straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. What is he doing? He's preaching the word unto them. Um, Verse 38 of chapter 1. Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore am I come. He preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Jesus is about preaching, teaching. And we see, you know, many of his discourses are preserved in Scripture. Is he uh, saying parables at this point? No, probably not. That's a judgment. It's kind of a subtle one. And it said, and after that point, he speaks only to them in parables, that hearing they might hear and might not hear, and seeing they might see and not perceive. Uh, that's a judgment. That's after they call him Beelzebub. Uh, here, I don't think there's any parables. I think it's straightforward teaching. What? Well, you know, the kind of stuff you see in the Sermon of the Mount kind of stuff, right? Uh, is he teaching about eschatology at this point? You know, like... Uh, um, you know, like uh, the um, Olivet Discourse, things like that. I think he's just teaching, okay? This is what God's like. This is what, and, and teaching the types of things that we see in, in the Gospels. He preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Okay, the palsy, he's, he's paralyzed. That's why he can't walk and he has to be brought. What is this? palsy it's some sort of paralysis is he a quadriplegic or paraplegic we don't know but he is born of four i think they're four young men i don't think they're four children children don't generally do that i think they're young men why because being an old man almost 62 now if i had somebody who was you know 180 pounds and that would be a hard to carry up on a roof and let down by ropes that would be like that's a young man's sport as far as i'm concerned bring a kid over here and have some you know 18 year old do that i think they're all in their late teens early 20s that's my thinking okay am i am i extrapolating on a little bit of scripture yeah guilty i I do that all the time. I think most of us do that. Most of us who teach the Bible. We get a half a verse and we kind of make some guesses that... I'll tell you something else, I guess. I think that he's where he is because of sin. You're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. he's paralyzed because of sin? Oh, sure. Let's just say, hypothetically, okay? I'm, this is hypothetical. I'm, 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 sometimes people are paralyzed because of sin. Say he was drunk. Him and his friends tied one on and they were partying. And Say he's up on a roof. You know, roofs have parapets. Scripturally, God, God was interested in safety long before OSHA showed up. He really was. People are on their roof and that's kind of like at the end of the day there's a little bit of a breeze there and stuff like that. They're up there to cool down. It's kind of their patio. And God said, put a parapet around so somebody doesn't fall off. 
Well, him and his friends are up there, and they're all drunk, and he's walking along the parapet doing a tightrope act poorly, falls off and breaks his neck, and now he's paralyzed. Saying that's You're reading a lot into it. Again, it's hypothetical. But I tell you, I'll tell you, I'll show you as we go along why I think there's a cause and effect and why he's, why I think he's paralyzed because of sin. And by the way, while we're, you know, connecting dots and making things and, well, people are paralyzed by a lot of things I've seen. People are physically paralyzed, we've seen that. People are paralyzed by fear. People are paralyzed in unforgiveness. There's a paralysis uh, analysis. Uh, people uh, they analyze things to death that they never move forward. You see this guy, you know, he collects, you know, five out of six facts. Well, he needs six out of seven or seven out of eight. And, and he never moves because he's waiting for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. By the way, faith, don't, don't come to Jesus like that. There's always another fact. There's always something more. But it's after you get saved where you can learn a lot more. I, I didn't like uh, analyze everything about Jesus Christ. I just took a step of faith. You got to do that first or last. There's never, you're never going to analyze your way into the kingdom. It, it doesn't work that way. What are you waiting for anyway? It's a, you know, well, if I just get one more fact, if I get one more shred of information, if I get one more thing, that's going to be the tipping point. <laughs> you're ridiculous. I mean, I love you. You're ridiculous. That doesn't work that way. It's always a leap of faith. It's not anti-intellectual, but you have seen this, and I know you've seen this because I've seen this. You have some people who are tremendous persons of faith who are very, very simplistic or very, very intellectual. And all the way across the spectrum, intellect and faith, they go good together, but you don't need to be brilliant to get... Now, people talk about how, you know, you're... You're an idiot. You, you believe in Jesus Christ? Listen, we're in heaven, we're in the millennial kingdom, and we're with Jesus, and they're burning in hell. Well, we'll all sort it out then. And I'm not saying that because we cavalier. I'm just saying, I, no, I'm, I'm absolutely correct about this. I absolutely am. You can call me a rube. You can call me anything you want. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't. I'm absolutely right about Jesus Christ. I absolutely am. And you can get more facts and more facts and more facts and finally make a decision or just jump in head first. I'm just saying that's the best way to go. But anyway, people are paralyzed by a lot of things. I'm paralyzed by this trauma that happened to me, and I can't move out of it. I can't. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like you know how they train elephants in a circus? They put them on a stake, and they get a little leash, and they just, there they are, right there. And after a while, I mean, when you're five tons, you can pull that stake out of the ground and walk away real easy, but, but when you were a little... Are they pups? I think they're pups. I'm not sure. Anyway, when you're just a young elephant, you know, that's enough to hold you there. But you can be held there forever, even though you, you're not even held. And after a while, you don't even need the stake. They ain't going anywhere. You just put the stake on the ground. They ain't going to go anywhere. Because that's how, and we can be conditioned the same way. And a lot of different ways. I've seen people paralyzed all the time. One of the questions this week, what paralyzes you? Something to think about. Are you free to do what God wants you to do? I'm paralyzed by sin. I can't get this far away from the bottle. My whole life revolves around the bottle. Just like that elephant in the stake. Sad. People are. Anyway, let me keep moving. They, they're born as well. He, he's, got, he's paralyzed. All that to say he's paralyzed. And he's born by four, okay? They could not come nigh unto him for the press. 
coming in the door, too many people. So one of them says, hey, I got a great idea. Let's go up on a roof. Why, they have a skylight? <laughs> no. <laughs> this guy, he's got an idea. We'll break up the roof and we'll, we'll let the guy down through the roof. This is amazing to me. This is amazing to me. I ain't taking no for an answer. My friend needs Jesus because Jesus is going to heal him and give him his legs back. I know it. We've seen all kinds of miraculous, crazy stuff. Um, okay, so we can't get in the door. We'll, we'll go around it. If I say don't take no for an answer in bringing a friend to Jesus, we get accused of being obnoxious a lot. Guilty sometimes, you know, the, the wife who puts, you know, tracks in her husband's bologna sandwich, he bites in at work and, you know, he pulls out this track, turn or burn, you know, hey, you guys don't want that. And, you know, like, uh, honey, you can't be a, a, a Holy Spirit to your husband. And that's a little bit obnoxious. You see that, right? And I'm not suggesting that, but, it, but sometimes we talk to a friend and they're like, no, 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 not interested. I think it's like the seventh time on average where people hear the gospel when they respond. It was first for me, but I'm not bragging. I'm just, Jesus is awesome. And he worked in me that I understood. And he, I was desperate. And I, but I'm not bragging about Jesus. I'm, bragging, I'm not bragging about how awesome I am. I'm bragging about how awesome Jesus is. But don't give up. One time they say, listen, not interested. But don't be obnoxious. I don't know how to thread that needle for you. There's people who I'm not taking no for an answer. The, the, you understand? The, 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 it's, it's too big. We're talking about eternity. We're not talking about a temporary, you know, you having a runny nose for a couple of weeks. We're talking about you burning in hell. I, I, I can't take no for an answer. I'm sorry. I can't disengage. I can't say, wow, you know, to my mom and my dad and my brothers and my sisters, well, if you don't want to get saved, go to hell. I don't care. Because I do care. And I, I it, it, is this... These, they're not taking, look, I'm just asking, do you think the guy here, yeah, let's go on the roof, let's break the roof up. We don't know. We don't know. He said, guys, 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 let's come back another day. Uh, if it was me, uh, no, 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 the roof is a little bit, that's over the top, okay? There's a destruction of government, pro of uh, private property here. We don't want to, this is, and by the way, this is probably Peter's house. What's Pete thinking? What's going on my roof? Hey, you guys, what are you doing? Is, is Peter blessed? Jesus sees their faith. He's blessed. Does Peter see their faith? And is Peter blessed? Or Peter saying, you're going to come back and fix my roof. I'll tell you that right We don't know any of that stuff. If somebody came through here, through the roof, I'd be a little bit annoyed by that. I tell you what, use the door for goodness sake. Well, there's so many people. Well, there's not, but if they get, we'll have more services. I, I, I'm committed to service like 4 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it takes. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I, so we got a door, and if the door don't work, we'll, we'll put in more doors. It's not a, you know, but w this is a situation where there's no alternative. They don't see one, so we're going we're gonna to make an alternative. They have great love for their friend, I think. 
These guys were naturally given over to destruction of property. I don't think so. They're just like this desperation here. Desperation is a good thing when it comes to prayer, when it comes to activity. Sometimes we find Christ because there's no, well, again, we can't take no for an answer. I don't think he's in like, yeah, guys, let's go up on the roof. Let's, yeah, we'll, 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 by hook or by crook, I'll get in front of Jesus one way. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's doing that. So here they are on the roof. They tear it up. Okay. Uh, they let down the bedwinds, the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, it doesn't say anything more than that, but we know how Jesus is, and we know that, you know, without faith it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews hadn't been written yet. Do they know that that's a, tru a truism? They know that's biblically true any, anyway, that God rewards faith and God loves to see faith? I think so. I think we all know that on some level. We're creating his image. Listen, if people stick to my word and I say something, they just take it like, well, Adam said so. It's money in the bank. We're going to act on what Adam said. You're giving me a high compliment. Well, so you are with Jesus Christ. So you are with God. When he says it, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. God said it. He saw their faith. He sent the sick of the palsy. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. This is why I think, listen, okay, one, Jesus addresses the big need. People come to me and they say, oh, you got to pray for me. My, my girlfriend left me. And I'm thinking, maybe she did the right thing. Wait a second. <laughs> what am I, this isn't a dating service. And I'm not cavalier. I, know, I understand these matters of heart. And when your heart's broken, my heart's broken to some degree. I get that. But I don't know if I should be praying for that. Maybe God saved you from a lifetime of misery. Maybe he opened up a door. Maybe he had something better for you. I don't know that. Um, you, you know what I mean? If your wife leaves you and you want her back, yeah, we can pray about that. I, know, I have scripture. I have verses. But, you know, people have some idea like, you know, oh, we got to, you know, pray for me about this, about, the, about that thing or that thing. You know, like, the important thing is eternity with Christ. The less important thing is a job or a relationship. I'm not, if you need a, if you need a, if you, if you need a job, well, yeah, well, come up here, we'll pray. Absolutely, I'm not, I'm not uh, opposed to any of these things. But the most important thing is that somebody's going to heaven when they die. Eternity is a long time. And so I always, and so Jesus knows that. I think the guy's like uber embarrassed. I'm here, I'm helpless. And I think he's thinking, I brought this on myself. And Jesus says, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I think he's, really? He's saying, Pharisees never heard this. Nobody's heard this. Son, this is the first time. Your sins are dismissed. You say that? Can I say that? I can on the authority of, of the Word of God. If you, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, I have the authority. You have the authority to say, your sins, they're all gone. 
apart from preaching the gospel, I don't have, you, you didn't sin against me. All sin is ultimately against God. And I don't have the authority to say, oh yeah, God's looking at your sins and he says, nah, don't worry about it. People think that he's going to be okay with, yeah, if you're looking in the right light and yeah, your stuff ain't so bad and yeah, you did the best you can do, come on in. That's, you hadn't thought that all the way through. That's not scriptural. It's, you, you sinned, an eternal being has sinned against an eternal being. The payment is eternal. He's not just going to wink at it and say, in Christ, there's reconciliation to God because the penalty has been paid. Outside of Jesus Christ, what are you going to do? How are you going to answer for all the sin you've ever sinned? Well, I've done more nice than I've done bad. That, you know, that does never work. You know, you, 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 let's say you, you, you stole from a bank, you got caught. Yeah, but I was in the soup kitchen the other day and I was helping the poor with... That doesn't work. You know, I, the cop pulled me over, I was doing 10 over. But I said the other day I was doing 20 less, you still owe me 10. Doesn't work. It, it just, it, 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 you understand that. You, your good never negates your bad. And if you think like, well, I'm a very good person and I've done a lot of good and it's outweighed the little bit of bad that I've done. I think you might want to reassess. There's none good. No, not one. And I can go through that whole list. I think when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, I think he's like, oh, happy day. All right, guys, go ahead and hoist me up. I'm good. I, God's not mad at me. He's not upset with me. I didn't, I didn't go too far. I, I, I think he got what he needed right there. Is Jesus going to deal with his legs? Well, you know the story. Of course he's going to deal with his paralysis. But I think first things first. So here we have Jesus, the great healer. He's healing his soul. He's healing his relationship with God. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. And there always is. You can't get away from this crowd. No matter what you do, no matter how righteous, no matter what you're, how you're serving God, there's always somebody sitting there second-guessing. You can bet on that. It's just, there is. <laughs> Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive uh, sins but God only? Now, I want to say something. I want you to be there, okay? Think this all the way through. They are right. <laughs> Only God can forgive sins. And they are absolutely right. They're indignant and they're correct. God only can forgive sins and God just did. Okay? We have to, but they don't know that yet. Okay? They don't like Jesus. He's already cleansed the temple at this point. He's already perhaps had a, a few confrontations with them. Maybe he's called them whitewashed tombs already. I don't know in what order what happens, but I know he's come to the temple. Nicodemus has already come to Jesus by night and said, we know that uh, you know, you've come from God. We totally get that. They're not receiving Jesus as the Savior at this point. Most of them never will. They're reasoning in their hearts. In other words, they're thinking this too, but they don't say it. They're just 
reasoning in their hearts, like you and I do. We just we don't say it out loud. We're just thinking through. What this guy's blaspheming? Who can who can forgive sins but God only? Who does he think he is? Well, he's going to show you. Immediately when Jesus perceived in the spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, he said to them, so now we have Jesus talking to their thoughts. That should include them in a little bit, okay? When somebody is arguing with your thoughts and you're not even vocalizing, well, he's just a good guess, okay? Maybe he's just perceptive, okay? Maybe. I think he, okay, why, why do you reason these things in your heart? Because Jesus can see your heart. Is this? A great source of comfort to you or a great source of concern? Well, it depends what's in our heart. He sees the Pharisees and the scribes and the, and the hypocrites' heart. He sees your heart as open before him and saying, listen, I'm messing up here. I'm trying not to. Can you help me? Can you deliver me from this? He sees that heart too. He, he, there's no place to hide. Be very, very honest with God because why would you be anything else but? right? He sees right through us. Maybe you need to hear this. He sees right through you and loves you. He sees our hypocrisy. He sees us paralyzed by our judgmentalism. And he would heal us from that as quickly as he would heal this man here. What, what, what do you think? Why do you think these thoughts? Okay, what is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, that sins be forgiven thee, to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk? And when I first read that many years ago, many years ago now, 40 years ago, right? I was thinking, what is a Hebrew, some sort of tongue twister or something? One's easy to say, you know, one's like, you know, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, and Peter Piper, pick to peck, and which is eaten? Is that silly? Well, I've been silly. Look, what's easier to say? Thy sins be forgiven thee, or rise up, take, take up thy bed and walk. Well, it's not a question of pronunciation. It's not a tongue twister. The answer is, both of these, only God can say them and, and mean them. Okay? You're, you're right. Only God can forgive sin. Let me show you something here. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I said, rise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. God would have to say, for those things to be true, God would have to say either one. Now, it's easy for me to say your sins are forgiven. Who knows if that's true or not? If I say, I, I, I tell you, your sins are forgiven, how, how would we know? How would they know that this man's sins are forgiven? I bet the guy knew. Those sins are gone. I mean gone. And I bet he knew. I bet he's like, oh, a tremendous burden roll away. Like the kind, you know, when you first discovered this, when the burden of your sin was rolled away and that you were for the first time in your life guiltless, one had a tremendous feeling. You know, but they don't know. So that's internal. Your sins are forgiven you. But if I say to this guy, rise up and walk, you better know that his sins were forgiven him. Because I have the authority to do both. Let me show you something, Jesus says. It's a remarkable story, isn't it? Are you kind of entering in? Are you in the crowd? Are you a Pharisee? Are you the guy? Pick whatever character you want. I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed 
and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he rose, took up his bed, went forth before them them all, insomuch they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, (laughs) we never saw it on this fashion. Well, let me paraphrase. What just happened? I never see nothing like this. Listen, you follow Jesus Christ in faith, and you're going to have plenty of opportunity to say, I've never seen anything like this. He still blesses faith. He still blesses friendship. He still blesses ridiculous people who aren't afraid and just go out and just do whatever it takes. Um, I think, don't... People come to me and say, okay, I've been praying about... Some of our friends have been sick here for three weeks now. <laughs> I'm praying about them. You know that. You don't, you don't doubt that. And I never, you know what I never do? I never judge. You know, it's easy not to. Um, I wish it were easy for our whole country. The reason you're sick is because you are unvaccinated. You're a, a sinner to my woke gospel. No, I'm telling you, I've seen it. Felt it. People don't talk in terms of like sinner, but there's a way to behave and you ain't, you ain't doing it according to the way we think you ought to be doing it. But I haven't done that. I trust, you know, when you come up and you want, like, you have a you know, runny nose or bad diagnosis from the doctor or anything, we'll pray. And we, generally, it's not a judgmental thing. And then when somebody's in that position where they've made their bed, that doesn't give us permission to be judgmental. It really doesn't. Um, you know, they all there, but for the grace of God go I. One of the things I've understood, and I just want to share this with you, because I'm such an awesome person, you should be awesome like me. No. No. I've understood this early on. There but for the grace of God go I. I've done all the things that a lot of these people have done, and they're paying for them, and I... I get a free pass. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've done things that, you know, stupid things, and, and I don't have to pay for eternally, and Jesus... But I, I think of this, like when I'm sharing the gospel, you know, you should be a righteous man like me. Thumbs on the suspenders. I'm, I'm really very awesome if you think about it. No, no, a thousand times no. I'm a beggar, like everybody else is. Hey, I found out where they're giving out bread. Why don't you come along? They'll, they'll, they'll hook you up, too. That's the whole thing. That's the whole, whole thing. So then we, uh, we avoid that holier than thou. We avoid that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You made some stupid choices, didn't you? Now look at you. <laughs> oh, guys, guys. One, we don't know. Two, even when we do know, even if there's a cause and effect, even when people did make their bed, now they're lying in it. What's our attitude? Compassion. Because if we learn anything from Mark, God will give us opportunities to help. He'll give us opportunities to make a difference in people's lives. If if you're looking for them, they'll they'll come and find you out. Because people are hurting, people are broken, people are desperate, people need the Lord. 
And you'll have plenty of opportunities to be that Johnny on the spot and to help people out. That's all I've got today. Um, why don't we, oh, 15 minutes early, unthinkable, but we'll do the unthinkable. Uh, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be all done. We'll be dismissed after music here from our worship leaders come. You guys can stand. Lord, we've heard this story so many times, even back when we were in Sunday school and we were doing the coloring book. But Lord, have it come alive to us. And we want to think about this. We want it to, Lord, we want to be amazing friends because I think that's what you want of us as well. Um, I think you don't want us to take no for an answer, but I'm pretty sure you don't want us to be obnoxious either. So Lord, help us to thread that needle and to be very thoughtful and to be very loving like Jesus is and always helpful. Lord, we thank and praise you for our Torah portion here this morning. We pray that you, it would just resonate in our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.